0: go
1: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 18th, 2010. For the newcomers out there, and there's always new ones coming in, you should look into Cutting Through the website, scroll down, bookmark all the other sites I have up there, and that way, if you ever find sticking on downloading... Uh, try these alternate sites and you get through much easier. Everyone uses the com site uh, the following morning after the talk, after it's been broadcast. And apart from that, sometimes I can't upload to the main sites because they, even though I'm on unlimited uh, disk space, somehow uh, they don't always get it automatically put up when it has to. So there's cuttingthroughthematrix.com, .net, .us, .ca. There's Alan Watt cuttingthroughthematrix.ca. There's cuttingthrough.jankness.com, and there's sent eu. The last one, the Sentinel site, is European. It has all the audios for downloads, works fine, uh, but you can also choose from transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given, and you can choose from the various languages of Europe. And the quick tin can moment is where I rattle that tin can there. You don't hear anything because there's nothing in it, but it's up to you to keep me going because... Uh, I'm probably only a host here who does not front, in a sense, for advertising companies who generally sponsor you. They pay you directly if you mention who they are, or bring them on as guests. Um, uh, or um, other ones are just financed by even book-selling clubs and some stuff like that. So it's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by going into cuttings for and seeing what I have for sale. Or you can donate to me. You can also use the donate button for purchasing the books and the discs and all the rest of it. From the U.S. to Canada, personal check is good. If you don't want a bank account to come into it, simply use your international postal money order from your post office. That's the pink bordered one for international use. That's a postal order, international. And that's cashed in Canada. Moneygram, Western Union, cash gets through. Same outside the Americas. Uh, MoneyGram, Western Union, Cash, or PayPal. As I say, if you want to order through PayPal, you can use the, the donate button, send a donation, and a separate email with the order, and I'll get it out to you. Those who get the discs burned and passed to them at meetings, who shy away from computers because they've got common sense, they play them on their CD players, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site41, Box4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P for Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1, P-3-E, 4, N, 1. Well, a while ago I said it doesn't matter when the big boys make their decisions for their long-term plans, their far-reaching plans, it doesn't matter what happens Uh, They carry on regardless. I said before, too, it wouldn't matter if you're up to your ears in snow. uh, They'll still harp on about global warming. And if you notice in the news articles that are sneaking out, amongst all the incredible scandals that are bursting about the climate change nonsense, uh, they're still prattling on because they've no other big plan made, you see. It's all part population reduction, uh, altering our way of living until we're all third world country status, taking away Medicare, all that kind of stuff, gradually across the world for those who are in the masses, and sickness and death, disease, etc., famine even, will start killing us off. It's a far-reaching plan because that's what the socialists dreamed up when they first set up the Fabian Society. Look into it, uh, listen to the speeches by George Bernard Shaw, co-founder of the Fabian Society. And remember, that's just one branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Uh, it's a fascinating study when you get into it now the music's coming in so we'll be back with more after these messages Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix and What a matrix it is, isn't it, as we're given our realities and our perceptions are distorted and altered and directed for us. And as I say, the big boys make long-term plans, long-term goals, 50 years, sometimes 100-year plans. And the Fabians themselves said it might take them 100 years to control the world through their international affiliations. Well, we're pretty well there. And you'll find every garden across the planet seems to be Fabian, regardless of the party symbol they use, because the same plans are put into place uh, through treaties through the United Nations, exactly as the Fabians and the royal institute for international affairs cFR wanted to happen that 's why they set up the United Nations in the first place, not as a debating table but as a, a the, the, the embryo really. That we grow into a world governing body. So the IPCC, uh, this intergovernmental uh, or, or panel on climate change that the United Nations has that's really been exposed. It's, it's incredible. They're still, they're still there. They should be disbanded. It's disgusting. The lies have told and been exposed to telling. Um, and all the cohorts they had from the, the professors across the world, who are getting millions of pounds and dollars and grants thrown at them to save the world, you see, because that's what you do to priests who terrify you and say the sun won't come up tomorrow. you got to pay them, and they'll pray and do their voodoo, and then voila, up it comes. So it's the same sort of idea. This article here is one of the latest scandals, and it's from foxnews.com, and it's from 10th of February. It says, The Next Climate Gate by John Lott. Uh, it's interesting, too, how they first preface this because it, it, and it's, it's, misle- it's almost see, they'll give you how you're going to think about something and they'll leave you in you know, a double think. So, this first little paragraph is to leave you in a double think. A new report points to a sharp reduction of weather stations by the National Oceanic, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. That's the NOAA, they call it. In cooler locations around the world since 1990, so they've been they've been closing down these weather stations in cooler parts around the world since 1990. Now listen to what they say: Could that be why global temps have seen a steady rise over the last 20 years? No, there hasn't been a steady rise. If you understand what I'm saying, Um, when you close down uh, all of these these different stations. It, across uh, Russia alone, after the, the Soviet uh, Union uh, fell apart or was dismantled, uh, over, I think it was over a thousand of them that were closed down, all across Siberia and everything. So that wasn't taken into consideration for the, the real temperature of the world, you see. He goes on to say here, the global warming scandal keeps getting worse. Revelations over the few weeks show that many important assertions in the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change were based on mosquitoes and <laughs> mosquitoes, says here, and false claims or oh, misquotes <laughs> mosquitoes. That's my eyes here, and false claims. That's because I'm expecting hordes of them this summer uh, from environmental groups, not on published academic research as it was originally presented this on top of the recent mess regarding data where the three most relied on data series used by the un's intergovernmental panel on climate change 2007 assessment report still have not been released other data simply never seem to have existed or cannot be provided to other scientists but probably the most damaging report has come from joseph dialio the first director of meteorology and co-founder of the Weather Channel, and Anthony Watts, a meteorologist and founder of surfacestations.org. In a January 29 report, they find that startling. Uh, starting in 1990, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration began systematically eliminating climate-measuring stations in cooler locations around the world. Yes, that's right. They began eliminating stations that tended to record cooler temperatures, and drove up the average measured temperatures by doing so the eliminated stations had been in higher latitudes and altitudes inland areas away from the sea as well as more rural locations the drop in number of weather stations was dramatic declining from more than 6000 stations i <laughs> see how they fiddle everything to fewer than 1500 Dalio and Watts show that the jumps in measured global temperatures occur just when the number of weather stations is cut. But there's another bias that this change, uh, this charge to more urban stations also exacerbates. Recorded temperatures in more urban areas rise over time simply because more densely pop- populated areas produce more heats. Combining the greater share of weather stations in more urban areas over time with this urban heat effect also tends to increase the rate that recorded temperatures tend to rise over time. They were eliminating them across fields and forests and stuff like that, you see, or hillsides, and putting them in the cemented concrete uh, jungles of the cities. So, of course, they got what they expected to get. The report provides examples of how the systematic elimination of stations and unexplained adjustments in temperature data caused measured temperatures to rise for Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Norway, Sweden, and the United States. Many adjustment changes that would have been a drop in temperature into an increase. So they reversed the reality. Take New Zealand, where Dalio and Watts note about half the adjustments actually created a warming trend where none existed. The other half greatly exaggerated existing warming. The report details other fascination te- temperature biases. For example, Siberia has experienced uh, one of the greatest increases in recorded uh, warming. A large drop in the number of stations and the some missing data can explain part of the change. But apparently during the Soviet era, areas with lower recorded temperatures received more fuel and money, creating a real incentive for weather stations to lie. Dalio and Watts report also helped answer some puzzling questions about the report. One of the major one questions has been the divergence in temperature data recorded by satellites in space and down here on the ground. That difference was very small when satellites first started being used during the 1980s, but has grown over time with ground observations showing a rise in temperature relative to the satellite data. The urban warming effect may not only explain this, but also why land warming has been so much greater than ocean warming. All three terrestrial global temperature data sets from the NOAA, again, National Climatic Data Centre, the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies and the University of East Anglia, really rely on the same measures of surface temperatures. These three sources do not provide independent measures of how the world's temperatures have changed over time. The relatively small differences that do arise from the three institutions results from how they adjust the raw data. And by God, do they do some adjusting eh? <laughs> and fiddling <laughs> and exaggerating as well. So flawed data leads to flawed conclusions, but it's in line with the agenda. And it really won't matter much because all the socialists are truly on board across the world and they're, they've got their governments to sign on and be goody-two-shoes to outdo each other, to show they're all on board, to save the world, and all the rest of it, you see. As, apart from that, you see, about five, six years ago, they were already starting uh, trading carbon. It's a done deal with the multi-trillionaires that run the world, and so they've already got this carbon thing. I call it the sin taxes because it's, it's like collecting sacks of sins. I mean, you open it up, there's nothing in it, but that's how it is. It's, it's absolute nonsense. And they'll take something like oil or the manufacturing of something and say, well, here we can convert that into carbon that was used to create it. And they make this guesstimation, big guesstimations. Then they come up with really what the carbon output would be if you burned it, which you're not going to do. So it's an absolute bogus scam, but this is a scam that all the big boys have planned to rule our lives with, you see. Really, they don't even need the sacks to gather the sins, you know, the CO2. They just have to claim it's there and work it out on paper or build a special computer that, that you feed in fake data, just like the, they do at the IPCC. And you'll get what you want. But but it's great, there's no outlay. There's no outlay. You don't need to buy the sacks to contain the, the CO2 that you can't see. And and when you fold them up anyway, there's nothing in it, right? But that's the cons that go on in the world. And this is the rule of life. There's, a, there's, there's articles coming out now on on uh, climate change and how they're going to have to uh, put it through and some governments are already doing it with the, the far, far, far left left of Marx in fact uh, politicians are on board I'll put a link up on my website to show you the one that, that has been introduced for Ireland to sign it's a voluntary thing but it's totalitarian and it was done on the 28th of October, 2009. That, that would give you an idea of what's to come here, including the, the, the setting up, up of law forces to enforce it to, on the ordinary people who are not in the carbon trading business, and there is punishment crews. They're going to be raking lots of money off you if there's a little draft coming through your window, believe you me. This is a whole new area of, of uh, infringement of your right of your rights and, and lack of privacy. And all the rest of it. And they're going to give themselves, of course, more rights to come in at your home because they've been teaching us for years now that it's not yours anyway. You have no privacy and you don't deserve privacy. Privacy is a sort of privilege. If you obey all the laws, pay all the fees and licenses and all the rest of it, and let every agency come into your home when they demand it. That's the modern this is a Fabian way, I'm not I kid you not. I kid you not. That's what it is. Now Politicians are just low-level psychopaths that are picked by the big boys to front for them, and they get funded into governments. I watched one on Cameron recently for Britain, who was he was pretending he's the Conservative, going around getting fundraising from everybody you can imagine, even from Israel, the Israel lobby, and, and he's promising them everything if they just back him with financially. Every group is out there. He's he's I'm your man. I'm your man. And that 's how and the left are even worse the The, the program I watched it was a disk it was sent uh, showed the different politicians in the labor bunch going around and doing the same thing, so they're just low level con men uh, that will say whatever they 're told to say to get into power and have a good time and that 's how they are low level psychopaths, but they don 't run the world, the ones above them do back with more after this break. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix. I say these politicians that are selected are just yes-men to back them, and they've got terrible records in their personal lives when you look into them, how many of them are on charges for one thing or another, uh, lots of drunk driving charges, um, personal bankruptcies, credit cards, uh, run to the limits and over, all that kind of stuff. And these are the guys who generally get into politics. The, the psychopaths smell which way the wind is, is Blowing basically And they suddenly become an advocate Of whoever is popular And They're so immature and, and I think it's caused all the booze they take all the time At least the British Parliament But uh, here's an article here uh, To do with, with uh, What they're they're all about It says ministers and that's politicians They call them ministers over there uh, And they say they lavished 9 million pounds of the taxpayer money, right, on climate change stunts, but public opinion is left cold by global warming propaganda. And I think this one here is from Mail Online, February the 18th. A disastrous series of failed climate change publicity stunts cost taxpayers nine million pounds. It emerged yesterday. The projects paid for by the government's Climate Challenge Fund next to nothing to change public opinion a Whitehall report found it said the initiatives were almost entirely preaching to the converted and that trying to drum up interest through sensationalism only put people off it says schemes included a £40,000 DVD. That's quite a lot. You can a hit record with it. £40,000 DVD in which school children explained that in 10 years, everyone will have to wear sunglasses all the time because the sun will be shining more. These are the kind of stupid things they do, isn't it? A tent set up in a shopping center or shopping centers and labeled an experiential climate dome was subsidized by Whitehall that's the taxpayers money again to the tune of nearly four hundred thousand pounds. A computer game cost forty seven pounds every time it was played, and a series of challenging pub quizzes about climate change cost more than eighty five thousand pounds. Large grants went to councils, schools, and youth groups for Listen to this now. Attitude modification programmers. Attitude modification programs. And to assure the public that man made global warming is an established scientific fact. So once your brain washes the children, they don't have much of a chance, to be honest with you, because it's a real indoctrination they get and lies, you know. But quite interesting attitude modification programs. do you think that's what your schools were about? Pavlov is alive well. and well and £200,000 went to Oxford University to take climate change into the community to get into the community with little posters and little handouts and stuff you know. £200,000 that's not bad work if you can get it eh? details of the projects and a report for Ed Miliband's Department of Energy and Climate Change which was never published were unearthed by the Taxpayers Alliance through Freedom of Information Requests Matthew Sinclair, the group's research director, said the government has clearly crossed the line from public information to propaganda on climate change. Many of the Climate Challenge Fund projects are utterly bonkers, that means crazy, and misleading, and come with a huge price tag. Despite a fortune having spent on these projects, the fund has failed even on its own uh, ter- terms, it is infuriating for taxpayers to see their money squandered on attempts to scare and indoctrinate the public. The report by consultants Brooke Lindhurst said the projects largely failed to produce any changes in the opinions among their target audiences. It judged that the aggregate picture is one of neutral or very modest po- positive shifts. Future programs should avoid sensationalist or shocking imagery and climate change messages since respondents are likely to find this off-putting, it said. The report added that those attracted to the project were already interested in climate change, meaning they're already brainwashed. It suggested that many cases' organizations viewed the funding as a way to secure additional resources. Of course they do. And said the running the projects often did not have necessary skills. Of course they won't would you need to lie? I mean, what skills does it take? The money was paid to public organizations and voluntary groups between 2006 and 2008. Ah, that's quite something, isn't it? This is a climatic research unit at the University of East Anglia, which were getting, oh, millions of pounds in grants. They also received £16,000 from the Climate Challenge Fund as well, on top of that has come under fire over leaked emails which show scientists attempted to hide data from skeptics. And Professor Jones himself sort of admitted, uh, and I read it yesterday from the paper, uh, that, uh, that there's actually been cooling. And he goes for 15 years. He won't go quite the 20 yet, but he's, he's getting better than he was, you know. And the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has been found to have made exaggerated, oh, <laughs> exaggerated, and ill-informed claims. For example, over the rate at which the Himalayan glaciers are melting, his chief Rajendra Pachuri has f- faced cause to resign, but he's too busy writing his pornographic novels. I added that a little bit myself, because in a fact, that's what he does, to pass the time. Delusions of grandeur, isn't it? Power goes to their little heads. Now there's a caller from Alaska. It's John. Are you there, John?
0: Yes, I'm here, Alan. Yes. How are you today?
1: I'm hanging on here.
0: Um, I've heard you mention um, previous show about how they're creating this this world culture, this um, world government indoctrination, mm-hmm. and they're they're pushing it through the schools.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hold on, and we'll come back on that topic after this break.
0: listening to the republic broadcasting network because you can handle the truth
1: hi folks this is alan watt and we're cutting through the matrix talking to john from alaska uh, about the school system uh, carry on john
0: uh yeah and um my journey to um, awakening to how they've been trying to create this world culture, I've uh, come across UNESCO, its purpose and its philosophy mm-hmm. written by Julian Huxley yeah. um, I'm sure you're probably familiar with that
1: Yeah, I've read some of, some of his stuff on the air in fact from his books Yeah.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. well uh, of course you can get this for free online uh, mm-hmm. if any of your listeners uh, would like to look through this but uh would you mind if i read a few of the quotes
1: sure go sure yeah go ahead
0: yep. okay on page 57 it says here it says not much remains to be said in conclusion but what remains is important it is that the task before unesco is necessary it's opportune and in spite of all multiplicity of detail it's single and he says that task is to help the emergence of a single world culture that's on page 57. That's right. On page, on page 13, he says the moral for UNESCO is clear: the task laid upon it of promoting peace and security can never be wholly realized through the means of the the means assigned to its education, science, and culture. He says it must envisage some form of world political unity, whether through a single world government or otherwise. And he says, and the only certain means for avoiding war. Mm-hmm. And uh let me see. Now closing here he has an interesting uh well this is on page twenty one. He has an interesting reference to eugenics mm-hmm. and how they were gonna push eugenics through UNESCO. Yeah. Uh and it says thus even though it is quite true that any radical eugenic policy will be for many years politically and psychologically impossible it will be important for UNESCO to see that the eugenic problem is examined with the greatest care mm-hmm. and that the public mind is informed of the issues at stake so that much that is now unthinkable may at least become thinkable.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. And what he's, what he's talking about there was uh, terminating children, sterilizing the ones that they, th- they would claim were inferior. Now, the, remember, to UNESCO's United Nations, again, educational and scientific organization, he was the first CEO for it. He was also the top character who helped run the Margaret Sanger abortion clinics across the world. Uh, so he was for all for reducing the inferior quality types of peoples. So carry on. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yes, I mean... Um Now, UNESCO was also uh, investigated in California um, for being charged with pushing internationalism. A Mm -hmm. lot of people aren't aware of that. But, um, I mean, um, there's the United Nations right there uh, pushing Mm -hmm. internationalism and uh, uh, world government and world culture. Mm -hmm. and uh from what i've i've seen alan it seems like they they're pushing this hip-hop style culture Mm -hmm. on the entire planet because i'm up here in alaska Mm -hmm. and when i got here i was astonished to see the native americans here with the sagging pants and the wild music Mm -hmm. and things like that uh because i figured i was getting away from that you know what i'm saying yeah and, uh, but it seems like they're pushing that on the entire planet, and they're using that to dumb down the language, and they're using that to also break down the family.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. The content of the wording, I mean, I, you know, I mean, when I can make the what the words that are, are they're actually saying, um, or mumbling, I should say, um, and that's intentional too so the parents uh, they, they close their heads off they don't listen they can't hear it it's intentional for the children to, to understand it and as uh, to bypass it the parents because if the parents knew some of the stuff they're actually chanting away there um, it, it's pretty grotesque stuff you know yeah
0: exactly mm-hmm. and I just I just want to thank you for uh, making me aware of how they push these things in entertainment and things like that because you know, the entertainment is like you say; it's over a lot of people's heads. It's, it's kind of under the radar, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people don't realize that they're being programmed yeah. uh, under the threshold of conscien- consciousness through the entertainment.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just—it's amazing when you look into the little messages that they implant, in you know, this entertainment. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've put together a little forum, it's it's called, uh, the address, thcforum.ning.com, and, uh, you know, we've just been trying to analyze this disgusting culture they're hitting us with, you Mm -hmm. know, this entertainment and this music, and, you Mm -hmm. know, it's it's very sinister what they're pushing.
1: Yeah, the thing is, too, though, they they really did come out in the culture industry, and those at the top who control the culture industry, and it is controlled, and it's directed. Um, as to where they were going to take it, and now linguistic minimalism was one of their goals. Being, and this is from the, the big scientists at the top, they said, if we can reduce the vocabulary, then eventually they'll be unable to to even uh, exchange opinions or ideas, uh, and they'd be obedient because if they were angry, you couldn't get people stirred up to rebel or whatever, because you literally couldn't express your feelings to them. So that's part of it. The other part was also um, uh, to create a common culture, a youth culture, that would be so separate, so different from their parents, that they would be in the complete control of those who led them through the culture industry and the educational authorities. So th- this is not just happenstance. Uh, back in the 60s, you had a variety of music to choose from, varieties. You had all kinds of folk, traditional, old stuff, uh, new stuff. You had classical playing, too. You had jazz. You had uh, the early pop music and so on, but gradually they limited everything until it's just this way, and that's much music's TV, and that's that's all you get now across the whole planet. And, as you, and it's even in Africa, you'll, you'll see the guys in Africa, they don't even have shoes, and but they've got the, the hat on backwards, and, and they, they, they'll try even to even make their own baggy pants because everyone wants to be the same as what they see as these stars. Now, I've talked to, to a lot of the guys up in the rap industry, and uh, some of them actually admitted to me that they'd go into the studio with a a plain little kind of song and uh, in would come the big boys and start changing this, changing that until they're killing cops and they're... It's all about... uh, I I, I can't even see having relations with women anymore. It's it's beyond that. It's it's what uh, dogs do in the heat. They just use the words for it now uh, and the parents can't even hear this stuff. They don't understand what the words are. But, but it literally is debasing, debasing humans, both male and female, down to a lower status than animals. Animals breed when they have to. Uh, this is literally, uh, it's like teaching them to to have a rutting season perpetually.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard, but uh, one of the forerunners in the hip-hop community, his name is KRS-One, and he's actually uh, what you could call sort of a darling in the uh, alternative uh, news circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually created what's called the gospel of hip-hop
1: yeah yeah
0: and he said that hip-hop is actually divine Mm -hmm. what he's doing he's released this sort of bible and he's actually turning hip-hop into a religion
1: well he won't be just the, the the one that's doing it there'll be bigger boys than him all these guys at the bottom are puppets you know and they, they do as they're told, they're guided, directed. But the whole idea of just just have sex at all times with anybody, blah, 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 was to stop bonding because you don't want people breeding and having families. That was what Huxley himself said, too. He said, eventually, Julian Huxley said, at UNESCO, said that in that book you're reading, in fact. He said... It says, we'll find so much ways of contraceptives, we'll alter the family way of life till there's no family at all. And it says that the people could could be living in very poor conditions worldwide. It says, but but at least they can have sex uh, all day and all night long with no consequences, no offspring. That was the main thrust of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no bonding, you see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There isn't. And you can chalk a lot of it up to also our dependence on the nanny state. Yeah. Because. Uh, I'm a black man, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's very, it's sad what they've done to the black community and what yeah. we've allowed to be done to ourselves yes. through this dependence on the nanny state because it's, what they do is they offer them these, uh, you know, child support, the welfare benefits and and such, you know, mm-hmm. but what they do is, you know, they encourage the man not to be in the house yeah you know and yeah. with the child support uh they the government garnishes his check mm-hmm. and they take half of the money out of uh what the woman gets in the form of child support for themselves
1: that's right you know that's right see they they, they use those communities first you make them dependents on the social service di- uh, division they have total control over you then from they love this having that it's a test group you understand and it's a test What works with one group will work with any group. And they did a lot of experimentation in those communities. Once they have them, dependent, you're quite right. Yeah.
0: So, you know, the man, the man is like, well, is she trying to sleep with me so she can get child support yeah. money? Yeah. Then the woman is like, well, is he, you know, just trying to sleep with me because he's trying to be some rapper or something like that? And you have these two mm-hmm. people who are, you know, suspicious of each other. And yeah. the family is gonna break down before it even starts.
1: You're right. That, that was the full intention of it. And they've been awfully successful across the board. Uh, and very few people know how to bond anymore. And the next generation growing up that are maybe 12 right now are going to be worse because they've had far more uh, scientific indoctrination. Um, they think nothing of oral sex. When you look at all the studies in the newspapers and from the schools themselves, uh, the teachers are even saying, you know, they, after they come back on a Monday, uh, they were used to how the, they used to chat about what they'd done. The children literally are all chatting at 12-year-olds of uh, the partners that they had sexual-wise. That's that's standard now. Yeah, but they'll never bond with anybody for their lives, and that's exactly why they introduced this kind of system.
0: Exactly. And mm-hmm. people ask, where is the cervical cancer coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, and when you actually look into it. You know where the cervical cancer is coming from a lot of it is actually caused by a chemical in the condoms
1: and also the various um anti-spermicides they're using as well yeah
0: exactly yeah. and that's what really uh, blows your mind when you start looking into this because a lot of it just goes back to uh, problem reaction solution and things like that mm-hmm. that the medical industry the FDA it's profiting off of, and, mm-hmm. you know, the culture creationists themselves, they're profiting, yep. you know, like I say, from this uh, breakdown of the family.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and understand that this is a, a little, as a scientific, uh, and it's a military strategy plan to destroy all that was to bring in the new. That's what they said themselves. And, as I say, the main target was to stop all bonding. Stop all bonding, create incredible promiscuity, until no one's happy with anyone else except for one-night stands, and then there'd be no offspring. And plus, it destroys uh, the culture that held people together, the strength in numbers, the strength in the family. And and, and even one person, just one person, uh, your your wife with you, uh, gives you that extra strength And you with her. But when you have nobody to stand up uh, for you, the government then is in charge of you with all of its fear tactics. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But th- thanks, thanks for calling. All, I, yeah. mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling. I mean, here's, here's a quote from Brzezinski, Zygmunt Brzezinski, and it's from his book, Out of Control, uh, Global Turmoil on the Eve of the 21st Century. It says, Television gives the young viewer a first glimpse of the outside world. It, it first defines and does so compellingly by combining the visual and audio impacts, the meaning of the good life. In other words, it gives you fantasy to follow, right? That's all they see is these guys, the diamond and gold bracelets dangling off them. That's wealth, eh? It sets the standard of what is to be considered achievements, fulfillment, good taste, and proper conduct. Now, proper conduct can, can be debauchery nowadays. i have reversed it. It conditions desires because if, if you get... If you get nothing but p- girls dancing on TV that look like strippers, that's what its intention is. If, if you're so dumb you don't know that, that's to stimulate desire and make you uh, uh, rather disgruntled with your, the, the person you're living with, your wife. Defines aspirations and expectations and draws a line between acceptable and unacceptable behavior. With audiences around the world increasingly glued to television sets, there is nothing comparable either in the era of enforced religious orthodoxy, or even at the high point of totalitarian indoctrination to the cultural and philosophical conditioning that television exercises on its viewers. Now, he's a guy who should know, because that was part of his job, was how to control the minds of millions of people and and create this future, uh, this planned future that we're now in today. And it isn't just that. You've got to understand that they go further in some countries than others. Britain's a spearhead for the rest of the world to follow. Uh, people are fleeing Britain. I read the report recently about an Irish couple from England who had to flee or Scotland that they flee to Ireland because the child services wanted to take her child from her. This is all part of the depopulation program, by the way. That was to raise up the so-called services into authorities over the family and split up families. And some people wouldn't want a family; they'd be scared to have one. This article here is from Mail Online, with another case: Pregnant Briton who fled to Spain to prevent social services taking a child gives birth to a son while in Spain. February the 18th 2010, a pregnant British woman who fled abroad to avoid her child being taken into care by social services was recovering last night after giving birth to a son. The woman and her fiance secretly moved to Spain in December after their first child, a daughter, was taken away by social workers and put up for adoption. There's your choices in a totalitarian state. Families bad, families bad, families. That's the message. Their case has been taken up by Conservative MP Tim Yeo, who accused Suffolk County Council of child kidnap because the couple were declared unfit parents despite no evidence they would cause the girl physical or emotional abuse. What do they mean by fit? This is eugenics, folks. That's, this is the terminology used with eugenics. It says, The mother originally came to the attention of social workers after her former husband successfully fought for custody of a son they had together. Mr. Yeo said spurious concerns had been concocted about her parenting skills. Spurious, and that's what they make up during law court suits, you know. The lawyers tell them to lie. Speaking exclusively with the Daily Mail yesterday, the couple who cannot be identified for legal reasons but I referred to as Carissa, and Jim said their happiness at the birth in the hospital on the Costa Brava was tinged with sadness at being separated from their daughter. A truck driver, Jim 41, said we're over the moon about our son, but it's impossible to forget how these people have ruined our lives. Throughout this process, we've been thinking about how our daughter should have been with us to share her joy before the authorities kidnapped the daughter. Instead, we lost her and then had to escape here with hardly any money in our pockets. Mr. Yeo used parliamentary privilege in November to raise the issue at the House of Commons and accused the Council of actively seeking opportunities to remove babies from their mothers. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the Matrix. Just to end that article, it mentions that Carissa's first child uh, was taken away after her ex-husband's girlfriend, who works for the Essex Social Services, contacted a friend in Suffolk Social Services. So you understand, they set it up through this little mafia, the social services organizations. You know, That's how they do each other favors. Quite amazing. Now, there's another caller on the line. That's Dave from Arizona. Are you there, Dave? Yes. How are you? Not bad. Uh,
2: just to continue to go along that line of predictive programming, mm-hmm. just something I've noticed. In the last, I'd say the last eight years, the horror genre is like one of my favorite genres growing up. Yeah. And it's just like the movies now, and I'm talking about movies like Hostel, and Saw, mm-hmm. are just garbage. I mean, they're just junk. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it. you can tell... Basically, it's just to remove humanity, and just uh, you know, it's very impersonal.
1: Yes. Uh-huh.
2: You know, it's it's not like a shark, or it's not like something from outer space. It's it's like movies that highlight people who are sadistic, and they like to torture, and they like mm-hmm. to hurt.
1: You're right. You see, you see the ones at the top who run the world, the psychopaths, their their deviants, and the arsedomasikus, and all power structures. You find it really are formed after the pseudo-masochistic tendencies. You find this uh, with those who worshipped Lenin, still do, uh, those who worshipped Stalin, a, a guy who killed everyone close to him, people literally worshipped him, uh, the people who worshipped Adolf Hitler, his close officers round about him, even at the trials and so on, uh, had absolute glorification for him. But here's the thing with sadomasochists. Um, they worship the one with more power above them, but they hate and despise the weaker one beneath them, of a lower rank. And the culture industry today is full, absolutely full, of sadomasochism. Absolutely, you're right.
2: Yeah. Right, because two more examples. I mean, I didn't see this movie, but I've seen this highlight. I mean, you couldn't pay me to see this movie. But there's a movie called Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. And they actually show some guy beating some guy's brains out. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to ask yourself, Alan, why exactly, why do we need to see this?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know why you're seeing that? Because it's a process of desensitization uh, and the devaluation of human life. And so are all those CSI programs on TV. Ah, here's another stiff in, and they start ripping the body apart like it was just a half pound, you know, a pound of meat. Uh, it's not a person. You're being desensitized constantly, 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 right down to, as I say, our relationships between male and female. That's been the biggest war of all, and uh, they can't bond anymore and all the all male is and all the female is are sexual objects uh, and they'll discuss uh, how good it was in the sack that night that's all it's about today not bonding at all because if bonding comes along there's a power there with the two of them and then you have offspring they do not want offspring but they do want us desensitized and that way too when the big trouble starts and the riots start and you go through periods of chaos when you see the brains at the side of the road that the cops are just bashed out of somebody it won't affect you quite as much you'll go along like a robot and pass them
0: why. Yeah. right
2: because it's like the western society is now a male hating society
1: it is absolutely a male hating society uh, that was uh, the main target was against uh, the male and uh, they've been very successful about it and um uh, guys today don't know what they, they really truly are anymore they can't be a man anymore they can't stand up even for th- even for their wives sometimes you know yeah.
2: thanks a lot alan
1: thanks for calling Sad but true, but this war has been long and vicious, subtle and scientifically organized and pushed from the top down, as always. But we've got to fight back. It's worth it. From Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to I me, mean, your God, or your God's go with you.